Hello, listeners of A Year Ago Today. This is your host, Tyla Fowler, and I am here bringing you our Monday Night Raw segment. Um, <laughs> it's actually Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon as I record this. I recorded a Monday Night Raw segment last night, and I was feeling super vulnerable about sharing it, and I was committed to sharing it regardless of that feeling of vulnerability. However, when my sound editor got back to me this morning, or really it was like 1.45 this this morning, he texted me and (laughs) he was like, the content's good, but the sound quality is really bad. And, uh, you know, I'm really having to exercise my discernment inside of showing up authentically and in my full vulnerability um, without showing up in a way that I don't feel good about, which is like vulnerability, feeling a little bit all over the place, and then having poor sound quality on top of that just made me kind of cringe. And so I said to myself, you know what, Tyla, this is your podcast. You can do whatever you want. So why don't you record Monday Night Raw again, even though it's Tuesday now, not Monday. See if you can be a little bit more put together, a little bit more polished, and release something that is the caliber of what you want to be releasing. So we're going to pray the sound quality on this recording is a lot better than last night. And this is Monday Night Raw, take two. Before I dive into sharing around my own experience the past week, which has been just so big and incredible, I want to share around something else that is so big and incredible. And that is something that my dear friend, former co-host, current producer of this show, unicorn, all-around magical person, Sally Mercedes, is creating. Sally has dreamed up what she is calling the Radically Sacred Retreat. And it is a spiritual retreat for women of color. And watching this event come to life has been such a gift for me. And it feels important to get the news out to as many people as possible so that the women who are meant to be there um, will be there. Of course they will. And also so that anyone who loves Sally and loves the work that she does in this world has a chance to contribute to bringing her vision to life. Because Sally is such a force in the world when it comes to bringing other people's visions to life. And if we can help her even just a little bit in taking her inspiration and turning it into reality, I know that it would mean the world to me and to her. So I'm going to give you the details quickly of the retreat, and then I'm going to tell you how you can support her, and then we will move into talking a little bit more about what I've been learning and my experience the last few weeks. So the retreat is August 20th to 24th in the Dominican Republic, and there's going to be so much good stuff here. Um... I'm going to read some language from her website around what's going to be included. She says, The following is a sneak peek at some of what you can expect from this experience. I invite you to breathe it all in and let that guide your decision. Your greatest dreams and visions will be revealed, held, and honored. 
You'll restore your connection with your body and your external beauty free of shame. You'll heal the wounds of colonization, slavery, and servitude. You'll connect with your ancestors, learn more about your path of healing in this lifetime and the gifts that path brings. You'll learn and remember how to be in service to the world in a way that serves you first, and you'll rediscover your unique sense of spirituality while honoring the spirituality of your ancestors. So if that sounds good to you and you want to be a part of this experience with Sally, I invite you to go to her website, which is sallymercedes.com, and if you click on the little menu button, you'll see a page for the Radically Sacred Retreat. And if this experience is not calling you or if you're not a woman of color (laughs) it's so funny sally and i are going to talk more about this in an upcoming episode of the show but you know as a a white woman i was like oh there's part of me that really wants to be here even though i know this is sacred and not for me and sally was always so so clear and beautiful in her boundaries and was very much like well if you want to support this vision (laughs) You can, you know, contribute your money and your energetic support and you can share this with anyone who you think might resonate and that's what I need from you for now. So if you're desiring to be a part of this and you're not invited to participate directly, you are still invited to participate in bringing this vision to life for the women for whom it is intended. And I think that that is such a beautiful opportunity. So... If you are feeling called to support this vision, I really, really hope that you will. You can make a contribution at Sally's PayPal. So it's www.paypal.me slash Sally Mercedes. And I will make sure to put that link in the show notes for you so that you can easily hop on over there and gift in whatever amount feels aligned to you. And I will say that if you are feeling called to gift sometimes we experience resistance around generosity when we can't clearly see how that generosity is going to come back and benefit us and if that's coming up for you at all right now I would invite you to deepen into that resistance and just allow it to be present you know this opportunity to contribute to this vision of Sally's is going to be on the table for a while she's hoping to have all the funds raised by her birthday which is coming up very very soon and you know regardless of whether or not it happens in the timing that she's currently hoping for i am confident that this vision is coming to life for her so that's all i will say about this for now other than if you're feeling called please listen to that calling Okay, so last night when I recorded Monday Night Raw, (laughs) I was a little all over the place. However, I've sat with what came through and synthesized it, and there are a few things that I want to share with you around what I've been experiencing inside my creation process. (sighs) Coming into this experience of creating a year ago today, the second time around as a solo host has been so wild. If you listened to the prelude last week, you'll know that as soon as Sally and I made the decision to shift the format, it was like I started magnetizing everything I needed. 
Um, this second season is going to be 15 episodes, and as of today, which is April 3rd, um, 12 of those 15 episodes are already recorded. So that big push in terms of creating the content has really taken place in the last two or three weeks. And with the auxiliary content I am intending to create, I am committed on my calendar now through early July in terms of getting this thing out into the world. So I kind of went from a place in my life where I was able to be in a really diffuse energy as opposed to a focused energy because I wasn't in concerted creation mode. However, now that I've made this commitment to greater creation inside a year ago today, I'm finding that so much is shifting in my life. The biggest thing that I've noticed is that in deepening into integrity around this commitment with a year ago today, I've also had to come into much greater integrity in other areas of my life, specifically where boundaries are concerned. I've had a few instances in this last week where I had overextended myself inside certain relationships and not communicated very clearly around how I needed to be supported in order to feel safe and seen and valued. And last week with the podcast launch going on and also the anniversary of my father's death, which was bringing up a ton of grief for me, I had a few people in my life who... (laughs) triggered the shit out of me when they unknowingly asked for more time and energy from me than I was available to give. And it's been really interesting because it's been an incredibly human experience. You know, I think a lot of times for those of us who are hmm, deepening into spirituality and personal growth, we, we try to conduct ourselves with love. And what I'm coming to realize is that sometimes conducting yourself with love (laughs) means setting a a strong, clear boundary, and sometimes it can be a little abrupt. So I've had to do a lot of work this past week around forgiving myself for my incredible humanity. You know, it's like there are a few times where my self-doubt has crept in and I've been like, maybe I should have handled that differently. Maybe I should have been, you know, done better, been better, been more grounded and centered. But the truth is that in those moments when I found an energetic line had been crossed in terms of a boundary, I was not in a place where I was super capable of being <laughs> being zen. You know, it was like a place where I realized I had overextended myself. I had so much energy invested in the creation of this podcast, invested in the very alive experience of my grief as I processed the residual emotion around the death of my father, and also allowed myself to be taken advantage of inside a couple of relationships. And so it's been like this perfect storm wherein all of a sudden, because of my greater level of commitment to the thing that I'm creating, I am also having to come into a greater level of commitment with my boundary setting. And (laughs) 
It's been a wild, wild ride. I share this because I have heard from quite a few people over the last week that boundaries are coming up, not just for me, but for everybody. On Saturday, we had a full moon in Libra, and while I don't know a ton about astrology, I did read a little bit about this full moon, and it was talking a lot about, I think I was reading on the Mystic Mama, it's a website I enjoy for astrological insight. Anyway, on the Mystic Mama, they were talking about this moon and this this period astrologically being about coming into right relationship which for me really means relationships that is grounded in deep integrity where the exchange of energy is mutually beneficial and like i said i had set up some circumstances in my life where the exchange of energy and the flow of energy between me and the people that i was serving was not in integrity because I was not receiving a committed return on my energetic investment or I was receiving a return. However, I hadn't set it up in a way that that return was large enough to support me in really deepening into the supportive space I wanted to be holding for that person in my life. So... If there's anybody else, if there's anybody else <laughs> out there who is having feelings of resentment flare up right now about how maybe they have been overly generous and are feeling like that has not been returned or that they're not receiving what they want to be receiving inside their relationships, I want you to know like you are not alone. <laughs> it has been so messy over here and it has been such a wild ride for me emotionally as I'm coming into greater integrity with my commitments and with my boundaries inside my life. If anybody has any questions about any of that, I am very open to receiving those from you. And I also don't feel the need to go deep into story here because the larger overarching energetic theme of needing to amplify the integrity inside all of our relationships as we come into deeper commitment with our desires, with the things we want to bring into the world, is really what's important. (sighs) Okay, what else I have written down here? Commitment also requires greater integrity in asking for what you desire. It's true. It's so true. So, This week's episode is an interview with my dear friend, Adam Pierce, and the topic of our conversation is incredibly vulnerable. It was a conversation around the dissolution of his 13-year partnership with his former wife, now ex-wife, and it's incredible because You know, in looking at that conversation in the context of what I'm experiencing, what I'm able to discern is that as Adam and his partner both came into greater integrity with their commitment to what they wanted as individuals, what that led to ultimately was a dissolution of a partnership that they had both chosen to be a part of. And, you know... 
that's like the macro version of what I've been talking about here, where it's like coming into greater integrity with what you want sometimes requires boundaries, and sometimes that boundary setting process can be painful. The other element around asking for what you desire has been really present for me because I I have had to do some work <laughs> to get this episode to you guys. You know, I... I really had to be clear with Adam about how much I wanted to have the conversation initially. And he was hesitant about it. So I made a concession to get him in the room. I said, okay, how about we record? And if at the end you don't want me to air it, I won't air it. And so it's really interesting because I think one of the things he and I have both learned from this experience is not to make concessions to get someone in the room because that is really not a great place to begin. However, he showed up so beautifully for me in having this conversation and in listening back to it, he was not he was not totally clear that he felt aligned sharing this conversation with the world, you know, so that put he and I into a situation where we had to show up for another very challenging conversation with one another. And I was very clear because I had already listened to the interview and it's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. And I was like, this is meant to be shared with the world. I think it has the capacity to support so many people in their healing. And also, you know, I was really honest with him that the parts you're feeling so vulnerable vulnerable about, I did not even pick up on when I was listening back through. So there was this incredible element of me saying to him, I trust you and your experience. And at the same time, I trust myself. And regardless of how you're feeling, I'm feeling really, really called <laughs> to share this episode with the world. Being the incredible friend that he is, Adam then continued to invest time in thinking about this and soliciting support and feedback from people that he trusts. And ultimately we've come to a place where he has agreed to allow me to share the conversation with you, which I will do on Thursday. The reason I'm sharing all of this with you is because it's been a really new experience for me to have to fight for something that I want. You know, it's been quite a long time since I've felt energetically invested in something enough that I've felt aligned with pushing in any way to get the thing I want. You know, I've been really operating the past three years from a place of non-attachment from a place of like oh when it comes it comes when it happens it happens I'm not attached to my desires however inside this new level of commitment with a year ago today I'm finding that I really am attached to my desires and that I really am attached to sharing <laughs> these intimate tender beautiful conversations with the world so Hmm, that has been a delicious experience all around for me to move through on my own, for me to move through the process of respecting someone else and where they're at and their process and also learn from that saying, you know, in future, <laughs> I need to be a little more discerning about the terms of the interaction before 
we get in a room together. And that goes for the relationships with people that I serve and the relationships with people who come on this podcast. And as I say that, I realize that those things are really one and the same. Because for me, it all truly is about service and about healing. So that leads me into a segue around my next topic. Let me see. I'm kind of waiting right now for someone to email me back because there's something that I want to share with you and I require permission from that person to share it. So bear with me one moment while I just check my email and see if that has come through. All right. It has not yet come through. That's okay. I'll give you a little bit of context around around this thing I want to share. So, as I mentioned, one of my, or I don't know if I mentioned this or not, I'll mention it now. One of my most precious intentions around a year ago today is to show up in a realness and a vulnerability and an authenticity around my own emotional process and to bring stories to life in a way that activates things for the people who are listening. What do I mean when I say that? Well, I mean, when when you're listening to Rachel Lynn and I talk about our experiences around our relationships with our father, it's an invitation for you to deepen into whatever comes up for you as you're listening, to really dive into your own experience and begin to use the energy that is being transmitted through these podcasts to start digging into your own experience and beginning to identify, you know, patterns that you might be living out that aren't serving you or points of trauma that you have been suppressing that are ready to be addressed and healed or to begin to discern relationships in your life where you require stronger boundaries or to just begin opening up to a new kind of conversation, a new level of language around emotional processing and around healing work. Because I've really spent the last three years of my life deepening into the truth that while it's wonderful and beautiful to work with a coach or work with a trained healer, that the majority of the work that I've done has been in learning how to move through my day to day and use absolutely everything that I encounter as an access point for my growth. So, you know, any podcast that I listen to, I pay really close attention to what is really resonating for me and what is it about that resonance that's so delicious? What is it I'm identifying with? What is it that I'm desiring that I'm hearing? Because that's what resonance often is, is when we, when we see something that we desire to embody reflected to us through another. Or, you know, where am I triggered? Where do I not agree with what's being said? Where is what's being said offering me some contrast that I can use (laughs) to deepen into my own truth? So if you're not yet familiar with working with triggers 
and deepening into emotional energy that maybe doesn't feel so good in order to facilitate your own growth and you want to learn more about that I invite you to stay tuned because that's something I intend to talk quite a bit about on this podcast and I also trust that by simply putting all of this out there right now and telling you what my hopes are for the podcast that you'll begin to open up to that possibility even if you are at a point right now where you don't totally understand or comprehend the language around it because it's my belief that it's not totally necessary to understand something in order to begin having that thing do its work on you so all that said I think what I really want ultimately with this podcast is to promote healing to promote promote my own healing and the healing of others and a big part of that is inviting a lot more intimacy and connection in my life you know i i think that in the world we're living in today There are a lot of us who feel really, really isolated. And it's interesting because that's something that comes up in this week's conversation with with Adam. We begin talking about technology and I think I mentioned something about how people are tunnel vision into their phones. And I don't need to go too deep into that right here, right now. What I do want to say is that I have experienced profound isolation in my life and that is a product of my own behavior. That said, when you have habitualized tendencies that leave you feeling isolated, it can be really challenging to begin reaching out to the people around you especially around topics that are really charged or really emotional. So, in a sense, what I'm hoping is to invite anybody who's activated by the presence of this podcast in any way to reach out and connect because it's incredibly, incredibly powerful for us to be able to see one another inside of our most vulnerable experiences because as we allow ourselves to do that what we really begin to learn is that we're not alone you know and that these things that we think we're going through so alone really in a lot of ways are the most universal elements of human experience okay so I am currently waiting on final permission to share this email with you and I would like to be able to move on with my day. So I have decided (laughs) that I'm going to go ahead and read that email on this recording and if it turns out that it is not aligned for me to share it, I will edit it out before this recording airs and potentially I'll be sharing that later with you. So, this may end quite abruptly right here, in which case, I'm sorry, (laughs) and feel free to reach out to me at a year ago podcast at gmail.com with any 
questions or comments or experiences you'd like to share. And I'm going to leave you with this letter, maybe. And if, if not, then this is goodbye and thanks for listening and I love you. <sighs> Hooray, a year ago today is back. What a beautiful episode. There was an invitation on the podcast to write how you related, so here it is. I wrote this out because listening to the podcast helped me think about my own relationship with my father and thus the world, as other A Year Ago Today podcasts have helped me think about the why behind the madness of things. A lot of these thoughts have come to me before, but never so clearly have I written them down and sat with them. Thank you for this important work. Thank you for being vulnerable. Here's a snapshot of a behind-the-scenes look into the emotional exploration that came from listening to the podcast. As many women struggle with their relationship with their fathers, so do I. I know with my whole heart that my father loves me, but he isn't the best at showing it or mindful of the things he says that hurt me so much. Once I was rushed off in an ambulance after complications from a surgery and I screamed at him, tell me you love me. He's never been good at saying I love you because I think he believes that everything he loves, he loses. Even though my father is alive and physically well, part of him is dead and has part of him is dead and has been to me for a long time. If I told him this, he would most likely never speak to me again. Anytime in the past I've told him what you say hurts me, he responds telling me I'm sensitive, I'm dramatic, or how lucky I am to have XYZ. Early this year, I had to speak with him about paying for my wedding this summer, which I know is a huge blessing. I was hesitant to even do so because money stuff with him is so complicated. He really doesn't give freely. He keeps a list and you can never say thank you enough. This has made me be insistent on doing things my, on my own because no one gifts just to gift. If I receive, then I owe someone something, which is not true. I've just recently been really able to step in and ask God, Spirit, and Source for what I need with confidence, and honestly, I'm still working on it. He paid for my sister's wedding, and I felt like if I literally ran away and eloped, I would be denying myself the celebration that is warranted during this special moment in my life. I also felt like I've learned my practicality from him, and part of me felt if I didn't throw a celebration, I was continuing this pattern of, there is never enough, we have to guard what we have, spend money only on essentials because we don't know what tomorrow will bring and celebration is a waste. If you want to bring up all your issues around money and family, have a wedding. I say it tongue in cheek, but it has been a huge spiritual process sifting through all these big issues while picking out flower arrangements. I respect him so much for crafting his successful life on his own when he's had so many hurdles. I can't imagine living through any of this pain. I don't think my dad had much emotional or monetary support as a child and young adult. I respect so much that he worked so hard so my mom could devote her time to raising my sister and I, and I respect that he has provided so much for me, but it doesn't change that he isn't emotionally available. And sometimes even worse, he's emotionally volatile. I know he's hurting, but I wish he could heal so we could have a better relationship. Although I haven't been able to come up with the exact moment where I began feeling unsafe as a child, I know it relates to my father. He wasn't a drunk abuser, but we never knew what mood he was going to be in and how to behave in accordance to that mood. I'm having to shout, I'm safe, and use the mantra, I'm safe, I'm safe, stand in your power, know you are supported infinitely. 
Because of my home life as a child, I've over-edited myself and learned ways to tiptoe around difficult people and situations. I became really good at that, but I've had to unlearn those patterns and speak up for myself. It's still a process. Even more interesting, I've discovered that the thyroid is emotionally linked to not feeling like you have a voice. Just as I've dug deeper into some of the physical reasons that I experience unbalance in my body, I've also had to look at the emotional side of the unbalance. My dad said that his mother visits him, and she visits me too. I've prayed for her help a lot in dealing with him, and made it a point to make sure in my wedding ceremony to thank those who cannot be with us today. Oddly, the day before asking my dad for money for the wedding, I went outside and saw two beautiful owls in my front yard. I felt like it was a blessing for my grandmother and aunt who have passed to go ahead and ask. Owls are symbolic of that bridge of the life and the afterlife. Through the winter, I've heard them hoot at night over and over again. Ask, 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 ask for all of it. When I was visiting home last week, I decided to sage my parents' house after a bad argument. When I went to check out with the sage and a bottle of water, it rang up as 777, and the cashier said, it's that time of year. To me, it felt like a blessing to go ahead and do the sage. I was hoping my father wouldn't be home so I could be more present while smudging. He was home and actually ended up lighting the sage for me with the stovetop because he didn't have a lighter. He kind of laughed at what I was doing, but he later told my mom that the house smells like pot, but it does feel better. The sage didn't fix everything, but it did feel like it cleared the air and we were able to approach each other all with more ease. And I do feel like his presence in lighting the sage was influential in the emotional lift we all experienced. Hmm. I don't need to go into here all of the ways in which the words of this letter make my body quiver with resonance because I recognize myself so much in them. I suspect that there may be a few people out there listening who are having a similar experience and I want you to know how loved you are and I want you to know that you're not alone and I want you to know that the healing that you're praying for is currently winging its way to you whether or not it feels like it. Okay, that's it for today's episode you guys and thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. It means a lot to me, and I look forward to connecting more with all of you as this process continues to unfold. And again, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at a year ago podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support Sally Mercedes in bringing her vision for the Radically Sacred Retreat to life, you can visit paypal.me slash Sally Mercedes, and that link is also in the show notes. All right, bye for now. I look forward to sharing with you episode two this Thursday.